0: Pick up your copy of the Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today, and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us.
1: Yes. I've learned by following Antonio to follow what the spirit says to do. And it was needed on this morning. Good morning, all. I do ask if you are in a position to, I would absolutely love to see your smiling faces. So if you are in a position to turn on your cameras for me again, if you are in a position to. All right. Hey, good morning, Mr. Anton. Mr. Anton, Mr. Jamal, Ms. Brenda, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Josephus. Monica, good morning. Good morning, everyone. All right. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to dive straight into it. The first thing I'm going to tell you is how to calculate your break-even point when it comes to calculating your property, and calculating um the numbers for your property. Then the next thing I want to go into is the big, biggest mistakes landlords make that kill profit. The reason why I want to go into that is because once you get these properties, if you don't have a property management company that is managing it for you, you are going to want to make sure that the team you have in place is doing what they need to do to protect your investment. You don't want to kill your profits once you get it. The whole purpose of making these investments is so you can retire. And so that you can make, you can have money hitting your bank while you sleep. So you can take that vacation. So you can spend, so you can basically buy your time back. We don't want you to kill the profits. When we start businesses, we never think about the profits. So you're basically, you're either living paycheck to paycheck or you're living client to client or you're living product to product. And that's not what this is for. That's not what we do here at the ATSJR companies, the Antonio Tisner Jr. LLC company. We don't do that here. We want you to be able to buy back your time. We want you to be able to not have to trade your time for money so you can survive. And we want you to live comfortably in how you desire. Whatever that number is for you, whatever that lifestyle is for you, that's what we desire for you. The first thing, again, we're going to go over on this wonderful, beautiful morning. Oh, first thing I do want to do is um, please keep Antonio and Grace in your prayers. Um, the homegoing services for Grace's grandmother is this coming Saturday. Keep her in your prayers. I've been getting text messages. Uh, Grace and I are related. We found that out. So I've been getting text messages. Uh, and it's crazy because we we found that out like four probably four years ago and over the years we found out that we've actually been we've crossed each other's paths on several occasions and never knew never knew and grace is two years older than me so we never knew Crossed each other's paths all the time grace is my cousin <laughs> her her grandmother was the aunt to my my great aunts so Grace's grandmother was the aunt of my great aunts, my mom's stepfather's, my mom's stepfather's aunts. So we we are related and really didn't know this. So was, I was getting text messages. I've been getting text messages throughout the week asking, hey, uh, what's this person's last name? What's, who, what's the name of that person's wife? I was like, oh, I got you, girl. Keep them coming. <laughs> and then my mom asked me, she was like, hey, are you, are you, um, Are you working, you know, for the funeral? I said, no. We call it Grace's mom. Grace's mom's name is Marianne. She said, I said, Marianne, give me any uh, directions. Therefore, I will be sitting wherever she told me to sit. (laughs) And if she said Deanna, she called me Deanna. She said, Deanna, if if she said, Deanna, go here, all I'm going to do is get my keys, my purse, my wallet, and go. That's all I'm going to be doing. (laughs) But still keep gracing your prayers. And then Antonio yesterday Uh, was a really bad day for them his mom uh, his mom is is getting she's getting worse Um, yesterday he he had to calm her down but he said that she is remembering conversations she's had seconds after she's had them so she's like repeating conversations so keep keep both Antonio his mom Grace and her family in your prayers And now we're moving to the business. I I definitely wanted to keep you guys updated on that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, how to calculate your break-even point. Now, while every investment carries some element of risk, you can calculate the property's break-even point of capital growth to assess the risk of a potential property investment before making the purchase. Remember, all of the numbers that we are teaching you are the numbers that you need to do before making the purchase, so you know you're making a, a you know you're making a good investment. And with that, you want to uh, you want to be sure that that you're not going over. Because remember, Uncle Jerome had five thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars, you know. So Uncle Jerome had 10000 $10, dollars of play money using the two percent rule. And if he wants to keep that 2% rule, then he needs to either, uh, he can spend that that $10,000 that comes from that or, no, $20,000 that come from that. Or what he can do is he can go back and increase his play money so he doesn't go past his 2%. That was a 2% rule. And again, today we are discussing how to calculate your break-even point. So let's do some math. Let me bust out my calculator here. You can do this math real quick. I'm gonna share my screen with you all. Okay, so let's start this off. With, let's say you, you purchase a property that's worth $400,000. And when you subtract all of the expenses, and again, your expenses include the interest, on the mortgage, the mortgage itself, the management fees, the monthly expenses that come out um, from the rent, and then the, you also want to take into account depreciation and tax benefits. You want to take into account um, property taxes and things like that, and that that's pretty typical. So let's say uh, the property has a negative cash flow of ten thousand dollars. That's coming. That's what's coming out, and that's fairly typical. So if it costs you ten thousand dollars out of your prop pocket to hold this this to hold this prop ten thousand dollars out of your pocket <laughs> to hold this property, then what you would do is you would divide the ten thousand from the four hundred. So that's ten thousand, and you get four. You,
2: you, no, you have forty. You have forty thousand instead of.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> the book, I'm, I'm, the, it, it's, it's weird. It's kind of hard to read without the comma sometimes. Okay, so yeah, four hundred. That's four hundred. One, two, three. Ah, there we go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> you divide that. You divide that by ten thousand, so ten. One, two, three, and you have forty. And from that, what you're going to do is you're going to multiply this figure by one hundred. And the the reason why you do it by 100 so you can make it a percentage. I think I did that wrong. Hold on. We're going to take the 10,000. Yes, there we go. And divide that by the 400,000. And that's what the property is worth. There we go. And you got the 0.025. Okay, thank you. I got that right. So what you're going to do is you're going to take that figure and you're going to multiply that figure. By one hundred, so you can make it a percentage, and now we have two point five percent. So this property, if this property grows two point five percent in the first year that you buy it, then your investment has broken even. So let's do that again. Let's let's say let's say you purchase a property for seven seven hundred and fifty thousand. And then your ex, so we have 750,000. We know that the cash flow on this property is 10,000. 10, 1, 2, 3. We're going to divide that by 750,000. 1, 2, 3. And we get 0.013. And so now what we're going to do to turn that into a percentage for this property, we're going to multiply that by 100. So we can get a whole percent. And now we have 1.3% for this property. So for this property, if this property grows within the first year, by 1.3%, then we have broken even on this property. All right. Does anyone have any questions on that math? I can definitely redo it. I'm not the math genius here. That is not my anointing, but I will do it again and I will keep doing it until we all get it.
3: Hey, uh, Deanna, I have a question. Go for Uh, it. My question is, I got the math. Uh,
1: Okay.
3: Fortunately, my grandmother was a retired math teacher, so she beat it in me. Uh. Uh, (laughs) But I got that. So I guess my question would be how mentally to bring that information correspondence to say like the cap rate to know if it's actually going to be a good deal or not. Because I was reading about cap rate and it was like the higher it is, the higher the risk and the less profit you can make. So I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate that concept with what you just showed for far as break even.
1: What you do is because there are cap rate is one of the numbers that you want to calculate. You you don't want to calculate just the cap rate to see how the break even will work. You want to incorporate all of the formulas that we have been working with. And I will I will send uh, send it to you. You've been asking me to send it to you. Now, I, I apologize. I will get that to you so you can go over all those formulas. You don't just do one formula. Because the cap the cap rate may say one thing, but if you go with the expense, if you know the expenses on the property, the location of the property, what's all involved, where the property is, uh, what is the cash flow, what does the the rent roll look like, uh, your gross rent, uh, gr your gross rent, I forgot that one, but like what your gross one brings in monthly minus your expenses, when you put all of those together, then you'll know. And when it comes to your cap rate, your cap rate helps you with those. Like, So if you're looking at your cap rate and then you're looking at all these other numbers, then you'll be able to say, okay, looking at all of the numbers combined, this property, okay, it looks like it may be, it looks like the numbers work for this. So you don't just use the cap rate, you also use you also use the what the monthly is. You take out the expenses, the 1% rule, all of those rules combined, and then you can make a decision. So you'll use that cap rate plus all the other numbers you combine. When we did the back of the envelope, um, back of the envelope, envelope numbers that you want to do, the 2% rule. Um, Got to go back in my nose, hold on.
4: Okay. Well, I'll,
1: I'll send them all to you, but uh, okay. So the 1% rule, plus the cap rate plus the 50% rule uh plus the the net income the cash on cash return when you put all those numbers together then you can sit back and say okay this will help me and and when you and then you go back and say okay well since i have all these numbers now now let me go see what my break even point will be so you're okay. going to yeah you're going to combine all of the formulas
3: okay okay all right. All right. Sorry about that. I've just, no. i just been doing a lot. Anything.
1: <laughs> no, don't apologize. Apologize for not asking a question. Don't apologize to asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we know how to calculate the break even, um, let's assume that the property does grow by only 2.5% in the first year of owning the property. So now what happens to the break-even point the second year when you take it because you want to take into account that the rent has increased. So instead of your out-of-pocket being 10000 now your out-of-pocket would be 8000 And you can calculate the break-even point with that too, using the same numbers. Instead of the 10,000, you use the 8,000. The property is still worth 400,000. So now you're looking at 1.95% instead of the 2.5%. So as you see, it it goes down. You know, as your property increases, your break-even will come in. You'll see what your break-even point is at that time. So you can do the break-even, you can do the break-even the first year the second year so you did it the first year you've gone in you made all your improvements you broke even the first year now you're going back okay so now the property is worth this my out of pocket expenses is it dropped by $2000 my monthly out of pocket expenses dropped down by $2000 so now what will my break even point be for the second year and you do the same math numbers numbers don't lie you do the same math and now you got it. But now, what if I purchased this? What if I purchased this property, and it was below market value? Now that involves a little extra calculation, but it brings up some different results. So let's go back to the four hundred thousand uh, dollar, the four hundred thousand dollar property. But let's say the property is actually worth four hundred and fifty thousand dollars when you bought when you bought it so the first numbers were you bought the property for four hundred thousand and the property was worth four hundred four hundred thousand dollars now we're going back and the you pay four hundred thousand dollars for the property but it's actually worth four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the property so let me pull up my calculator calculator. All right, there we go. Let me clear, let me share my screen here. Okay, and let's clear this out. Okay, I bought the property, but I bought it below market rate. The property is worth $450,000, but I bought it for $400,000. Now again, all the costs are the same and so is the rent, which means my monthly out-of-pocket is $10,000 a month. So now what would my break even point be at this moment? Now you might be thinking to yourself that I'm already $50,000 ahead. So wouldn't the break even point be negative? Let's do the math. So we have 400, the property, we're out, out of pocket. 10, 1 2 3 okay so we have 10,000 we're going to divide that by 400 10, 1 2 3 divided by 150 1 2 3 ah okay i got the i got the numbers right this time <laughs> and we get This crazy number. We're going to multiply that by 100 to make it a percentage. Okay, didn't get that part right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Work with me on the, well, I have the numbers written down. Uh, Grace isn't on to help me with this math. (laughs) Oh, there she is. Oh, Antonio's on too. Yay. Okay. Okay, so what the number comes out to is it comes out to a negative, which is negative 8.9%. So this means even though if through some highly unlikely occurrence, the property value falls by 8.9%, you would still break even. So when you, your break, if you have a negative number, it's okay because that means you can the if the property falls, you still break even. But clearly if you manage, if you if you buy the property below market value, you give yourself a head start. So when you do the when you do the math, you say, okay, it takes me 2.5 if uh, if my the value increases and if I break even if it increases by 2.5% in the first year, then I broke even. But if I buy it under uh if I buy it below market value, then I'm doing great anyway. So, this lets you know okay, I bought it at market value. This is what I need to do. I bought it below market value. No worries. I have a great head start. So, let's go over the original math again on how to calculate your break even point. If you purchase a property that's $400,000 and your negative monthly cash flow is $10,000. Then your your break even would be two point5 percent and you would take the ten thousand divide it from the four hundred thousand and you're gonna get uh you're gonna get the point 0. zero in a number to make that a whole number a whole percentage you just multiply that by 100 and it'll give you that percentage for that okay so do we have any other questions well do we have please and ask your questions please do we have? Any questions on how to calculate your break-even point?
2: So, uh, question. The the growth to break-even, how does that look?
1: All right. Wonderful question. And then I'm going to pass it. I'm going to answer this question for you, then I'm going to pass it over to Antonio. Um, The growth takes place when you do what we call Forced appreciation. Forced appreciation is when you go onto a property and you raise the rents, you increase the property value by doing renovations on the property. And when you the the forced appreciation, what it does is it raises rent so it instantly brings in more income. And that's one of the ways that you can you can increase the cash flow into the property so you can hit that that break even point within the first year. It is possible you just have to make the type of you have to make the type of enhancements that don't uh, that won't have you have have residents dropping out and have and don't and and make the type of enhancements that the residents don't mind paying the extra increase in rent for. Cause rent is always going to go up and then you have to be careful how you raise the rent.
2: Okay. So since I own a security company and, um, if they brought security on, on site and spent $10,000 for that security out of pocket, that will be a great way to raise rent. Um, and get that increase and people will feel safe, safer at home now knowing that they have security around and they got cameras and things of that nature. So that exactly. will be a great example, right?
1: That is a wonderful example because you have a lot of people who will pay the extra two to $300 a month on their rent because it's a gated community with security. You would be surprised how many people will pay. Grace lives in a gated community. Let's say there's an apartment complex right behind hers that's not gated. The rent on her property is $100 higher than the property behind her. People will pay that extra $100 a month just for that gated property. So that is absolutely correct. Uh, Mr. Antonio, do you have any anything you would like to add on to this? I'm going to go ahead no, and no, on. Over
5: I, you. No, I taught you real estate. It's like me talking myself. You Everything you're saying, uh-uh. you're you a chip off the old block. You're doing just fine. Good job. That's why I got you doing it. Yeah, good job.
1: All right. I'll look at you. Yes. As <laughs> I
5: travel internationally and stuff, you'll see gated communities with security that raises that value of that property. So you'll you'll see that. You'll you'll see that a lot. All right, same energy. Let's take a different approach. Well, it's the same energy, same subject. But how do you get to qualify for the $400,000 thing? Because it's $400,000 property. Most well, my assumption is most of you Don't have an extra $400,000 lying around. That's my assumption. It could be an improper assumption, but it's my assumption. So I'm going to teach based off of said assumption. And since most of you don't have an extra $400,000 just lying around, Grace may have, she may, her grandmother just died. And she was born in the 20s. Them folk hide money in couches and TVs, you know, coffee coffee cups and stuff so she you may grace uh grace if you need
1: me to help you just, you may that's i'll come help you do whatever you need to
5: she do. grew up during the great depression don't nobody born in the 20s or the 30s trust banks so it may may she may have you know she may have you know a couple hundred thousand dollars tucked away there may be an all two dollar bills though it might be in all two dollar bills and them and them um, them dollar coins, Jerome. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, once you flip, you understand, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what my that's what my uncle got his name from, uh, Bo Dollar. One of my characters that y'all used to call it a Bo Dollar. That's where he got his name from. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's this. I'm just, I'm just showing Adonia's age, not mine. You know, Adonia old child. I'm just showing her age. Yeah, Grace, go ahead and check the
1: coffee. I don't need to know you cuss you out? You better stop. Yes.
5: <laughs> go, 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 Check that big old pot of green beans that's empty. Just don't check that. You know, just dig your hand in there. Maybe some under there. against that. So, since some of y'all don't have four hundred thousand dollars around, I'm going to use Sheena as an example. I'm going to use Melissa as an example. I'm going to use, write these names out for me, Antoine as an example. I'm going to use Jerome as an example. I'm going to use Frida as an example. And Ken as an example. And Tyrell as an example, there you go. And Monica as an example there we go there we go Good. these are all different examples they really are they really are no they're not examples you up to something go ahead well you know a little bit you know what and profit no no not profit well you know what yes profit jerry as an example let's do profit jerry as an example there we go okay so here is our here is our let me let me say a few things first let me build some foundational stuff for about a minute all this real estate stuff that we're going through because y'all bunch of buying real estate you're not supposed to memorize this you will have homework don't worry the way you will learn this is we will force you like Adonia daddy did her into real estate worry not all right you would just be forced that's number one number two I'm going to merge the business business acquisitions and all that stuff in there while helping you make money in your micro businesses, et cetera. That's why I got so many examples. Okay, so the slick side, I'm going to start in that order because it's going to be helpful. Sheena. Sheena. Sheena, are you available to hear? You don't have to, but just are you available to hear? I can hear. All right, then. Well, Sheena has some money lying around, and she has some benefactors or angel investors lying around too. Does anybody else fall in the category? You've got a couple of dollars laid to the side, and you also have the ability to get people to invest ten, twenty to thirty thousand dollars in your company. Jerome was like, "That ain't that ain't, that ain't my family, bro." And Antonio's like, "Ain't my family either. I ain't. <laughs> only person invested in me was Jesus." <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> I got you. I completely understand. Is there anybody else who has the ability to go to Grandpa and get a quick thirty thousand? Okay, Grace, you may be impossible. You got an uncle to act like- My grandfather would never. He might have it, but he ain't gonna give it to me. He'll give it to you, okay. (laughs) All right, so this is the only example here. Should you have a little money laying around and you have an angel investor or any type of investor, even angel investors wanna get paid back. Yeah, I'm not sure if y'all know that. Yes, angel investors wanna get paid back. If you have anything like that, then the way you qualify for something that's $400,000, and you're gonna hear this word a lot in this, is leverage. So how do you turn 20, let's, do, let's just use $25,000 as an example. Janice' nephew, he young, he playing in the NFL, just, just gave her $25,000 real quick, okay? Janice' nephew, speak that into existence, just gave her $25,000 for no reason. Here you go, Aunt Janet, you got that, that's all you. And how do you turn $25,000 into $80,000 down? Any ideas, I'm sorry, where did I get the $80,000 down from? My apologies, because I made another assumption. 20%. 20%, all right then. So I'm making two assumptions. I'm making the assumption that you're going to finance and I'm making the assumption that you understood that that's the example I gave. So you're going to take cash into financing and take financing into cash flow. You should really write that down. You're going to take cash into financing and financing into cash flow. This is not Antonio's preferred method. Antonio prefers cash into cash flow. I typically like to skip the financing. Neither one of these are good or bad. If I'm going to do, if I'm gonna do $2 million worth of deals, you can guarantee I'm going to finance because I'm going to attempt to stretch my $2 million into a bunch of deals. And my goal is always to move a zero to the right. So, Grace, if I have two million dollars, how much cash flow am I attempting to create?
0: Wait
5: a minute. I'm sorry. Well you, you you know me. You you know me. Yeah.
6: No, I, not, 20, 20, not 20 million. I, I heard. No, no 20 million right. is
5: right. No, 20 okay. million is right. Yeah. 20 million is right. If I have two million, I hope you're writing this down. If I have two million. Antonio likes to move zeros to the right. It takes too much energy, Otis, to go from 2 million to 20 million going the way we taught y'all to count. That is, 2 million and one, 2 million and two, 2 million and three, 2 million and, and you do that over and over until you get to 20 million, that's too much work. That's how they teach the middle class how to count. How they teach wealthy to count is one, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, 1 million, I mean, 100,000, 1 million. You get the point, zeros to the right. That's how they teach us. So what this means, if I want to take 25,000 to financing and then get 80,000 into cash flow, it means I need to do something with this 20,000 to grow it into 80,000. Is this clear? I know I said numbers a lot. As soon as I said numbers, a lot of people panicked. I'm not really doing math, I'm just saying numbers, but I know. I yeah. Okay, yeah, only grace is aroused by numbers. He's the only one, he's a math teacher for 10 years. Everybody else is like, can you just move on, please? It's a good thing to be aroused by. Well, yes, especially numbers that go in your bank account. Yes. Absolutely yes lord send me a man and put money it's in the bank <laughs> absolutely absolutely for for those of you who are from a different generation look, for those of you non-millennials this is what i just said step one $25,000 needs to be multiplied step two the multiplication of the $25,000 is currently undefined. Step three, multiplying this undefined number must be at least to $80,000. Step four, which is a hidden step. Step four. Calculate how fast can you return your $25,000 back to your possession? Step five, which is a hidden step. How can you, wow, I was going to say truncate. What's a, what's the word for that grace? I need to take me out of S. Say t words. Oh, tell me what truncate means. Okay, well, there you go. That's why I'm not using it. (laughs) Shorten. How can you shorten? There you go. How can you shorten the time it takes to get to your twenty five thousand dollars back? That's what I said in non wealthy millennial talk. Cool. Someone repeat those steps to me because they are not only are they brilliant, Sheena, that's your business plan. Okay. Someone repeat those six steps to me.
6: Step
5: one. Oh, someone not Grace, repeat oh. those six steps to me. Let me see. We know Step Grace one. taking notes. Well, we know you taking notes too. Let me see if anybody else taking notes. If you're in your car, you have an excuse. It's all right. If you're in the your car walking the dog, Grace will send you the notes. So if you're Stradivari, you know, Stradivari got to play drums and a flute at the same time while listening. You know, he got to do all of it. You know what I'm saying? All right. So Grace, go ahead and read your notes. Y'all take notes. How can you? Come on. Now, the game is being thrown at you. You said, oh, Lord, changed my life. Yeah, it's happened on this Zoom call. Take some damn notes. Okay? <laughs> take some notes. Go ahead, Grace. Okay, step one. Over a quick right, And make sure if you're like Otis and you got 15 clients in front of you right now, just hit Grace up on Discord or something, whatever, and then ask for the notes. Cool? All right, go ahead, Grace.
6: All right. Step one, $25,000 needs to be multiplied. Step two, the multiplication of $25,000. Is currently undefined. I'm just repeating what he
5: said. Okay, That's, I'm gonna explain it all. Just keep going.
6: <laughs> step three: multiplying this number needs to be at least to eighty thousand uh, dollars. Step four: so you have to calculate how fast you can, how fast um, you can get the twenty five thousand dollars back to your possession, and step five. How can you shorten that amount of time to get right. $25,000 back to your position?
5: So I'm going to show y'all how y'all mess up money because steps one and two, free the way you are. Let me see your pretty face. I think I saw you driving. I think I saw you driving. Let me let, let me see your face. Make sure. This is how y'all mess up money. If I said right now, okay, I'm going to give you $25,000. Who is willing to admit the first thing you're going to do is buy what you need. Oh, come on, don't fool me now. Don't. I could have set you up and said, pay some bills. I was being nice. All right, Jerome's like, I'm paying. Yeah, I think
6: <laughs> I would have do that in the needs. past. Maybe you not said, now. That would have been me paying bills. <laughs> yeah, okay.
5: All then right, they're paying bills. I think I heard somebody say, not paying needs. bills, but define need. Okay, define needs. Exactly. And before I define needs, it's already wrong. The list this up front. It's already wrong because needs aren't multiplication. I'm going to define needs, but it's already wrong. Do you understand? Needs is something that you need to grow your business, is the way I'm using that. Something you're going to use to leverage your business. Does everybody see that? That's what a defining a need is the way I'm using it. Just know that was 90% of the phone call that participated, and all of y'all would have lost $25,000. Okay, go don't ahead. You just,
6: would you just put me in? I would have turned around and give it back to you, Antonio, so you could invest it. That's what you know, Grace does. i there. I'm,
2: That's I'm, exactly a
6: golden sneaker. I really it's, don't have any need need, needs, yeah. but I would turn it around and have you reinvest for me and live up and Move over from that.
5: That's what Grace does, for sure. What you want me to do with the rib? Nothing she did. she did. Go ahead, She No, Shina, come back. She, come back, Shina. Yeah, I was talking at the same time.
6: Oh no, 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 it's
5: fine. I no, was... no, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help in great detail. So, so I want my goal is by the time y'all leave this call, by the time you get twenty five, especially you, I'm using you as an example. Okay. You have a step by step guide, right? Not That's something. So when you just yeah. put
6: it in the bank and then ask them for money.
5: That because makes sense. Like you have twenty five thousand dollars in the bank. That makes sense, but that's going to be more of Melissa's example because Melissa could put two million in the bank, not twenty five thousand. That's why I use Melissa as an example. That's exactly okay. why. Yeah, because if you put twenty five thousand in bank, you're only gonna you can actually You're only gonna get back twenty five
6: thousand one dollar. No, I mean, <laughs> and then take out like get credit from
5: it and
6: spend the credit.
5: Okay, so that's called a, this is a very good question. Here, a very good example. That's called a secure loan at this point. You're borrowing against your own money. But if what you're only actually doing is increasing your credit score, you're not actually multiplying that 25,000. But that was a really good question. And let me tell you why that's a good question. Because how many of y'all know you've been told that advice, take your money and go down to the bank, Right and get them that secure, you, like, that's how you build your credit and that's called a secure thing. That question is so fantastic because all y'all got it, but it's not going to work. Remember, the government tells all y'all start a 401k. Why we ain't got all y'all being millionaires and billionaires? Because if everybody's doing it, if the government is telling everybody to do it, it probably don't work. Government telling all y'all to use a savings account. How's that working out for you? <laughs> Think hey, about man. it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Think about it. If everybody's doing it, it probably don't work. Sheena asked a very good question. I like and I really like this question. So what this is, this, this is a step by step guide, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and forth in there and put more details in it. So especially you, Sheena, in this case. What you're going to do is when I put these details in it and Grace or Deanna will put it in the chat, you just copy that because it will be your blueprint. All you got to do is walk from step one to 80 bulletin point and go forth. You'll be fine. This is you're in master's level learning right now. And if Adonia is not in a meeting right now, she is on fire right now, but she's probably in a meeting. She typically has meetings on Wednesdays and Thursdays. All right. If you're not multiplying your money, you're already wrong. Now hear me well, most of y'all have businesses that don't do multiplication. So if I give you $25,000 and you put it in your actual current business, you're gonna lose that money. Antonio, how are you gonna lose that money? Here's your bulletin points here. I am actually in my, my way to oh, my way to a meeting right now, good. How are you? So Sheena. So what? What Sheena's bullet points? Sheena. And there's going to be a bunch of don'ts here. Don't put money in your business that doesn't double. At least double that money within thirty days. That's one of her the points. So this means that she, she. She's. She's. Because y'all going to say, man, now I could double it. if I put twenty five thousand in, man. I could reach, you know. I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to say. I, I can get, I can get back 50,000. I'm going to say how long, six months. And I'm going to tell you too long. I'm not telling you a 50% return on your money in six months is too long. What I'm, telling you. what I'm telling you is you can't stay alive in your business for six months without income coming in. That's what I'm telling you. Amen. Like if you if you be realistic with your business, your business can't go six months and wait for a return. So we need a better process. This is fair. This is this is fair. Yes, you, yes, Sheena. Yes, yes, Phil. Yes, Antonio. Yes, Otis, you can flip this money. But how long can you go without it? And what happens when the bank put a 21-day hold on one of them checks? And I use six months and an extra 21 days. And we all know when you go six months without money, you put yourself in an 18-month hold. Help me, somebody. Right? All right, And so what she wants to do is she wants to take this $25,000. She wants to evaluate. This is what you should be writing these bullet points. Evaluate the multiplication power of her vehicle candles, sage, strip club, she doesn't own one, I'm just saying, all right, whatever. You know, hey, they have multiplication power. I always wanted to though. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, P-Valley, uh, give you like, a nice little lesson, uh, good get, get old class there. So you got all this, what's the, I'm, I'm evaluating the multiplication power of my vehicle. If I put money in my vehicle, And I can't get it back in thirty days, which typically means forty-five days, because people don't pay their bills on time. Then you need to put this twenty-five thousand somewhere else for right now. So here's the here's the here's the punchline. This twenty-five thousand is your lifeline. Do not delay your life by delaying the multiplication of your lifeline. So what you do with this 25,000 is you go create an asset somewhere else if your vehicle can't currently pay you back in 30 days. And most of y'all, we already just 90% of y'all would pay bills, fixed your credit, got that stress off you, paid your phone bill. You Just what you would've said, I gotta pay my phone bill because I can't make money without my phone. How'd they make money in the 1400s? Now? Mm-hmm. Right, well, that's fair. Got to pay my internet. Can't make. I'm home-based business. Got to have it. You would have justified putting your money in someone else's economy.
7: Yeah,
5: yeah. Money should be multiplied. This is fair. All right, I gave Sheena her step-by-step process. However, I do need to explain a few things. And when they say step two, this multiplication of this twenty five thousand dollars is undefined. Yeah, that means what's to go? What's going to be the return on the interest of this twenty five thousand dollars? How soon? How fast? To what point? To whether or what? Sorry, I guess I got my degrees on today. To whether or what extent is this twenty five thousand dollars going to multiply the? the U.S. dollar inside the vehicle and economy of the good witch global. Alright, I have no idea why my degrees are on so early, but it is what it is, right? So some of y'all understood that some of y'all did not. What I said was. I said, I don't even know how to break it down simply. <laughs> the I have no idea how to break that down simply. So you ask me a question. Yeah, I ask a question so I can come down. I have no idea how to break that down simply. Any questions?
1: You can't hood that up, huh? All right. I
5: can't. It's too hard. It's, I'm trying, but I can't. Just uh, I guess um, if how I step you, back. Okay, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: How would you explain that to your daughter?
5: Okay, I would say baby. Look at your dollhouse. Do you like it? She's going to say yes. Does it create more dollhouses? She's going to say, huh? And I'm going to say, well, how many dollhouses do you have? She's going to say one. And I'm going to say, well, do you want a bigger dollhouse? If she says no, I'm going to say, well, good. Then you're fine. you do everything you want to do. If she says yes, well, then she's not fine. How are we going to grow the doghouse? Well, so I can I can build this and I'm gonna say that's one way, baby, or your dollhouse can build itself. So make sure the next dollhouse you buy, get, or have is self-growing. How we do that? Well, we get unicorns to sprinkle magic dust on it call car chill (laughs) there you go yeah you got me so basically uh, yeah you got to fix that so basically we're talking about how can i get the good witch global to self-grow with unicorn and mermaid dust and of course that's just economics and mathematics got it that's basically what i said that's basically what I said. Now, she's going to tell you about mermaids and unicorns and you know where you can find them, but that's not my field of expertise. Okay, That's not my field of expertise. All right. So I don't know how this money is going to multiply, but I do know I'm going to figure out how it's going to multiply because it's going to help me in step three. It's going to help me see how long can I get to the $80,000. Then when I get to the $80,000, Jerome, how many rents do I have to get to get back my 25,000. And that sounds something like 16 years and you got me messed up. It ain't 16 years, or something like seven, but you get the point. Why would I take 25,000 today to get it back in seven years? Is that smart? Of course it is. But can my business go without income for the next seven years and I'd be okay? which is why step four is there, calculate how fast you can return the $25,000 back. That's what I just explained, which leads us to the holy grail step five. How can I shorten this? This means, Sheena, you're going to take $25,000 and you're going to have that $25,000 have another baby of $25,000. And it may not be in your vehicle. So she's going to take $25,000, and that 25,000 is going to have a bunch of babies until it equal another 25,000. Now she got 50,000. Then she's going to take that 50,000 and she's going to get that 50,000 pregnant to come back with another 50,000. Now she got 100,000. Then she's going to take that 100,000 and figure out how to make a 200,000. And then at that point she goes put $80,000 down on that real estate you I see the difference between what I'm saying and what you've been taught. What I'm saying is while you're multiplying your money, delay going to get financing until you have that finances two or three times over. And that is the do- one that Jay-Z said, if you can't afford to buy twice, you can't afford it. Antonio is telling you something similar. If you can't put eighty thousand dollars down twice, don't do it.
0: That
6: was a really good analogy. I just had to say that.
5: That was, <laughs> was Antonio's move, but that was that was good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Right? If you can't put eighty thousand dollars down twice, don't do it. Is it wise to put it down once and have it once? Yes, but I need you to respect that the analogy we're giving you is Sheena has an active business. And we need to both feed Sheena presently, and feed Sheena in the future. And she can't wait seven years to get her nails done. Do I got the wrong crowd? Is it? Amen. Well, since most of y'all black, you know how right, black. Folk
6: Amen. Feel. Amen. Uh-huh.
5: You know how black folk feel about baths. Can't wait seven years to take a bath. How about that? Ooh, no. All right then. So that, so there you go. You know how black folk feel about baths. I mean, you gotta do that every day. You, you know, that's a that's a universally culture thing until you black folk. Every day you gotta take a bath. Unless you got the flu, super flu. If you got the regular flu, you still need to get up and take a bath. But well, you and question. You go. About go ahead.
3: Now I got the multiplying. Yep. Uh, and what have you now? I was doing some additional research, you know, because that's that's the route you got me going on. Yep. And if a person I realize, but tell me if I'm wrong or not. But from my research, if a person or individual has whole life insurance and they have not touched it. And if it came up to that amount, they can use that whole life insurance without being penalized from the government to be able to get that apartment complex has a down payment correct
5: this is 100 correct they need to roll that that whole life insurance into a pre-taxed dollar entity that the bank recognizes okay okay absolutely 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 that's why i'm sorry i said pre um, yeah i'm right yeah pre pre-tax dollar entity and in some cases you can even use a Roth RIA with that whole insurance but that's an after tax um, entity that the bank recognizes. IRA is an individual retirement account, Roth being a specific designation for said individual retirement account. Roth in simplicity terms means after-tax dollars. IRA 401k in simplicity terms, mean before that money's been taxed. So what you call a 20% penalty is actually a 20% tax that you haven't paid yet. It's it's never been your money. Mm -hmm. The government's been using it, but it's never been your money. So what he's asking is when your whole life insurance policy that kicks you back cash, depending upon how you set up and in most cases, that cash is going to be growing deferred tax-free. There are some, some examples in which how you use that whole life insurance on your tax during during tax season. This is why I'm saying it could be pre or tax. It's depending on how you use it. If you've been paying taxes on it with your CPA each time, then now it's after-tax dollars, and then you can roll that in the Roth IRA. Most people won't do that. They're going to use their IRA as a deduction and not pay taxes on it up front. Got me? That's why I'm going. I'm not back and forth. That's why I'm giving two examples. So you can roll. And Most wealthy people or or people thinking about the future remind me to define what wealth is. Okay, I want to define middle class, poor, and wealth. Y'all let me do that? I'm going to show you what I mean by that. Most wealthy people are going to put a whole life insurance policy on their sales, on their child, and then roll that into a Roth RA in Aiden, Aiden Jamar Smith's name. That's my oldest son. And now that Roth RA owns $2 million worth of real estate. Not Aiden, Aiden controls the Roth RA. The Roth RA owns $2 million in real estate, and since it's Roth, the taxes have already been paid. So by the time Aiden turns 18, he walks into not only $2 million of appreciating assets that he can use depreciating on his tax returns and his tax outcomes, but Aiden walks into a situation to where he never needs student loans. And he's already bankable and grantable. Why? Because one day Antonio Jr. decided to pay $80 a month for a life insurance policy. Yeah, great, I was thinking- yeah, Great was question. Thinking, <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. sure. <laughs> Keep going, Tyrell. Great question, but you pulled, you pulled from the no, different-
3: I was just saying, I was just doing some research and just kind of like, well, If it's not taxable, you can use it. What's the other outside-the-box
5: loophole? No no doubt. But even if it's taxable, it doesn't matter. If it's taxable, but if you roll it into a pre-tax entity that the bank recognizes, you never pay the taxes on it. It doesn't matter because you're you're never drawing the money. I don't give up. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So see, if you roll it, you're never drawing the money. What you're doing is you're using the full money and then once you get those dividends or rent, that's your money. Gotcha, gotcha. The rent coming back to you is what, what stocks will call dividends. That rent coming back to you is passive income. Once you sell that house, you will then trigger that pre-tax um, penalty, and then you have to pay those taxes. But if you're just getting the dividends here's the deal everybody listen to me rent money is not income dividends is not income it's called an income tax rent money is an asset it's not called an asset tax
2: that's good that's good
4: (laughs) All all right All right. So Antonio, yes, Antonio. Sir.
2: Um, so this is what I'm thinking and you, you let me know okay. what your thoughts are. So I have this blockchain technology,
5: right? Right, I was going to talk to you about that sometime this week too, but keep going.
2: And I have, I want to use it in the security industry where I'm paying paying employees while they work every hour it's hidden there it's hidden their account so i need 25 grand uh according to your your uh, analogy
5: okay so you, you and sheena's example then got
2: it right and so i i go to say two company owners security company owners and say hey I'm putting in this blockchain technology and I need 15 grand, if I get 15 grand for both of them, and say, hey, you're gonna be cutting edge, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm working on this project and I'll get you your dividends back, or not your your funds back in a set number of terms.
5: Fair enough, you can do that and with the blockchain.
2: You, yeah, and put you in, in position to be a cutting edge company using this blockchain technology.
5: Okay, so before you continue, I have questions for you now. Is your blockchain, some of y'all won't understand what I'm about to ask him, so I do apologize for this. Is your blockchain going to have tokens on it? And if so, what about coins and tokens as well? doesn't matter, but I'm just asking. Yes. Okay, yes to tokens, yes to coins and tokens.
2: Yes to coins and tokens.
5: All right then. Keep going because I already got your answer. That's but keep going.
2: <clears throat> so um my my goal is to get funds from them to develop this this project, right? Yep. And put their company in in the loops. But while doing while I'm taking that investment, I'm putting that investment into a Fast growing what you're talking about right now, you know, getting your money back within less than 30 days.
5: Right. So you're going to take that. Let me See if I got you right. You're going to grab a couple of fifteen thousand dollar investments, use your blockchain technology with tokens and coins, which could be uh, multiplied most many different ways. And then instead of you putting that immediately, or most of it immediately back into the blockchain, you're going to create income-producing assets outside of the blockchain to then speed up the money coming, the money coming back in, so you can then double or triple or however much back into the blockchain. Is this what you're saying so far?
2: Exactly. Right. exactly. Okay, keep going. <clears throat> and then give them their not. I won't really give them their money back, but I will give them that technology so that they can advance. So I'm just using what I have as leverage to get the money. um, So
5: no doubt, if if you don't give them their money back, then you have to give them ownership. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you like, you you don't have to give them their money back, but you're gonna have to give them ownership. Now it could be a silent ownership like equity, but you have to give them some sort of um, compensation back for their money for multiple reasons for one it's moral for two it's a ponzi scheme if it's not for three then there was just donations and if you're asking for donations and let that be upfront and up clear you understand what i'm saying but if you're well, asking, they'll get
2: a product they'll get a product to be able to use in their company Oh, then that's fine then. that's fine it. so yeah. so
5: then the product is the compensation so you're fine you're back you're back to being fine again okay keep going
2: yeah that's that's pretty much uh what i wanted to share no um, so every,
5: everything you got going on is fantastic what you would want to do is you want to create income activities from the tokens uh, I, I, this is, so Tyrell asked a doctor's level question and now he's asking a doctor's level question. And I am sure the whole right side of the Zoom call is like, huh, I'm so sorry, but I would do my best <laughs> to, to explain it. Blockchain, uh, Bitcoin is not blockchain. Bitcoin is the product of the blockchain that happens to have the same name, Bitcoin. So blockchain is the infrastructure in which the coin, Bitcoin, sits on. Currently, Bitcoin does not do any NFT projects. Ethereum, the number two coin, does many NFT projects from Decentraland to pretty much uh, ape. The 8 Yacht Club, pretty much all the NFTs that you have heard about are typically riding the infrastructure of the Ethereum blockchain, which by economic definition, the Ethereum blockchain technology is more profitable and valuable than the internet itself or just about and its actual coin itself. Ethereum can actually sell all its coin and still be in its position because this blockchain technology is more valuable than the coin itself due to all the profitable things that are riding on that, that technology. So you, Antoine, what you would do is you would have profitable ways and you get to decide this way. In my case, I'm doing coin. In your case, I'm doing NFTs, but it's different. My NFTs—it's really my social media. At some point, will be an NFT platform. So I have a different idea of what I want to do with things. But that's that's me. that's just me. But I am using both the tech all the technology as coin NFTs and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. So as long as you, while you're building the H2O blockchain, I believe that's what it's called. You're going to also have in your forefront a plan of execution for both the token side and the coin side, and you'll be fine because everything else you said was valid. Cool. All right, cool. Hey, I need to stop for questions because between Tyrell and Antoine, everybody just went, okay, Antonio... um, Grace, give me a Grace. I can always call her Grace and, Grace and Adrian. I'll always yes, keep sir. it real with me. How much of that you understood? None. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Right. So, uh, anybody else in the none category or or in the... the? Yes. Okay, yes. gotcha. All
6: yes. Right. I'm in the less than half category. The less than yes. half. Okay. I'll
5: take none for 500. Yes. Antonio, I, was, I yes, understood sir. the concept. Uh-huh. But some of those technical things, I don't know. No, but the I concept, I am, I understood the concept, and yeah. I, I like that. I do. I was at an artificial intelligence conference, and I was sitting in, um, fire, uh, uh, the banking finance, but it's called, it's called something. I just can't remember right now. It's a uh, fire. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. It's just, just no. Um, artificial intelligence computing and finance it's costing I just can't remember right now because I got so much big words in my head and Janice I ain't understand that word that was going on not a single word you hear me I sat in there for five hours all I heard was uh in between the speaker's sentences and that's how they went uh that's all I heard Fintech that's what I'm trying to say thank you so much Fintech that's all I heard uh. That's it. <laughs> just, just, that's it. Yes,
6: ma'am. Uh the insurance.
5: Oh yeah. Let's go back okay. to that. That's our okay. question.
6: You were saying that um roll over, uh, roll it over into pre-tax, into a pre-tax entity.
5: Right. Okay,
6: which insurances are you talking about? I have a couple, um, well, I have some of my grandkids since they were babies, like Gerbil and right. uh Globe. So-
5: Okay. So both of those would apply because they've been growing tax deferred. They've been growing without you paying taxes.
3: Okay. Right.
5: So when, once you cash that, there's, there will be, we call it a penalty, but it's really not a penalty. You just ain't paying taxes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So one, and your 401k grows the same way. Your 401k mm-hmm. grows with the taxes in it at the same time.
4: Okay. So
5: what you're going to do is there are, there are entities. I'm, I'm saying it that way for two reasons. One, I don't want to confuse everybody. Two, it walks in a CPA territory, and I can tell you off the call, well, I can tell you now where to go, but then I'm going to tell you, consult with your CPA, because I don't know your particular, how you do your taxes and stuff like that. Okay. but there is pre the easy way to get this is is pre-text and after-text in layman's terms everybody will understand there's a full one ca-
4: say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill and
5: a roth ira mm-hmm. that and that is roth is after taxes this means the taxes have already been paid this means that janice got money from a bake sale and those people who gave her the money during the bake sale already paid the taxes on that money because when they got paid fico took it out their check okay so that's after tax money and then you're going to take that bake sale money and then you're going to put it in the roth rr roth ira because the taxes have already been paid on it you would have to do something but the taxes for the most part been paid on it
4: Mm
5: a 401k has never had taxes paid on it Mm -hmm. so when you buy real estate Your 401k, it needs to go into there's quite a few entities that can hold a for a a real estate property for your apartment doesn't matter, and it will hold that property tax free because you haven't paid taxes yet. And as long as you don't don't when when you sell, you're going to trigger that tax clause where you got to pay those taxes. But as long as you are passively getting that income, you won't have this problem. Okay. So if you're doing buy and hold, you're going to be fine. And if you're doing, you know, flip, you're going to be fine. But does not matter if you pay $2 million worth of taxes, but you made 20 million? It doesn't matter that much. And it's okay. You know, you, you, you can use the extra 20 million. It's all right. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah. the, the, the insurances you named were pre-taxes, Gerber, yeah. all that stuff like that. Anything that you've done for like some sort of trust fund minded, because mm-hmm. that's basically what you, what you would talk about just there. Right. That's all. That all. None of that has been had uh, taxes yet. However, however, big however here. And most likely, depending on when you sign up, there's a year of demarcation here. But most likely you don't even have to pay those taxes. See, this way it gets into the CPA territory, because I don't know how you set it up. If you set it up after your money. Right. So if, if you already paid the taxes and then you put in your money in there after you got your FICA, all that stuff, then you don't ever have to pay taxes. Whoever you're giving it to, they mm-hmm. have to pay taxes when they receive it. Okay, But again, there are ways not to do that. This is why a lot of trust fund babies don't have to do that stuff like that. Right, because
6: right. yep. that's what I'm trying to do. I don't right. want them to have to pay a tax of something that I'm giving them.
5: Okay, so right now I can tell you for sure that mm-hmm. you're in from what i've heard so far you're in the right territory they won't have to pay taxes from okay. what i've heard so far
4: okay
5: yeah but of course because your cpa but from what i heard so far you're good to go
7: okay
5: good yes right. yeah. thank you no you're very welcome that's a that's definitely that's an age-appropriate question You young folk ain't got that problem you know he <laughs> got that problem for sure yes yes fintech is what i was trying to talk about. so we have Sheena's 25000 If you're Melissa, then you ain't got no problem. You just take your big money and then you put it into more big money. <clears throat> what this means for Melissa, if she can hear, is you just keep doing big deals. You take big money and then you roll it into big money and you roll it into big money. The problem Melissa and anybody like Melissa is going to have, maybe even Thomas, I'm not sure, but the problem that Melissa... And, and Tyrell, these people and Ken are gonna have is, well, Ken don't do this, so Ken's, Ken Ken's not voice this problem. Ken's gonna take a million dollars and buy a million cars or maybe 500,000 cars. So what he's really doing is he's buying insurable, bankable, loanable assets that even if I default on my payments, all right, well, thank you for your donation. Let's fix this up. I'll put it back out to somebody else. So he's taking a million dollars and then getting 500,000 cars. That's not an accurate number, but you get the point. 500,000 cars, and he's turning a turning million into 50 million. But see, y'all not doing that. What you're doing is you're taking a million dollars and you're buying what you need instead of taking a million dollars and buying 500,000 assets that bring you money in every month get it so in Melissa's case where I just answered the question you're going to take a million dollars and you're going to buy 500,000 worth of assets and that's a very good easy example to understand cool now we've went way up Jerome this conversation went from a b c d e f g to to whether or what extent Antonio is the pull of gravity at 9.86 meters a second um, and the rotation of the Earth at 186,000 kilometers per second, you know, have the effect on train station A moving at 73 kilometers in this conversation we have. Sorry, y'all will get over it, though. Okay, You'll be OK. You'll be OK. Who is, who is next, Grace? It'll be different. Antoine. I answered Antoine. Antoine jumped in there. But I was going to use Antoine in a different example. I was going to say Antoine has money and live and assets. And Antoine can then leverage his assets. See, a lot of y'all problem is you have, like Sheena is one of these people. You have, I don't know, $50,000 in home equity, and you wear it like a badge of honor. That makes no sense. You got $100,000 in in equity in your house, and you're like, yeah, man, I got $100,000 in equity. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you freeze Money, so the bank can say, "Good job, Janice."
0: Wait, say that again.
5: Yeah, if you have fifty thousand dollars, how much equity you got in your house? Because you got some. About one twenty. She got one hundred twenty thousand dollars equity in her house. When she can turn one hundred twenty thousand dollars into a million, easy. Well, go get it, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> That's an appropriate response. I'll help you with it later. It's <laughs> an appropriate response. That's why I was going to use Antoine as an example.
6: Well, the when... plan was I was going to hold the house and then sell it. Or, um, or... And when I get the new one for the marked up price, but if you could just go get it and
5: I do can. whatever with it, that work. Okay, that works. I will. Of course, what she could do is take $120,000, y'all hear this? And then instead of waiting seven years, four years to seven, she could take $120,000, Grace, and then create $120,000 a month and then have that $120,000 a month by how many assets that is, pay her back down to equity back in her home to start over again. Yes, yeah. sir. It too okay exactly, that's why I was using anton as an example. Okay, if you just joined this, we try to we had Deanna going through. You know, I've I've, I've got Deanna. I've teach Deanna massive real estate due to the fact that can't be around me and broke, it's unacceptable. You understand what I'm saying, Jerome? We can't have. That. I don't have. I don't have friends that don't have bank accounts. If you're gonna be my friend, you're gonna have a bank account, and a license, and assets. Well, we can't be friends. And if you don't have them, it's okay. I'm going to make sure you have them. I consider myself your friend, so there help me go. out. I'm, I'm next on the list. <laughs> I said, there it is. <laughs> there it is. And we're trying to figure out how do we get to the $80,000 down for affording a, a $400,000 um, uh, real estate purchase. Now, of course, Deanna was using Texas numbers. Real estate is real sexy in Texas and Atlanta. I mean, in Georgia. And uh, I mean, I, I typically wouldn't buy. We'll come back to that later. Here's the difference, because I was going to say too much. Wrong. Here's the difference between middle class, poor, and and wealthy. And it's time. I can give you different examples, but I want to give you something that really is going to resonate with everybody. Poor people. So, it, so you're going to say, I'm not poor. Or you're going to say, I'm not middle class. You'll say, I'm rich. I got, I got Jesus. I am rich. I know, but I want you to it's like everybody, like, everybody, check out your headphones and put me on speaker. I want to hit everybody around you, too. All right, unless you're at work, right? I want to hit everybody around you, too. I want to hit, want to hit all of them. You understand? What I'm, saying?
6: <laughs> I'm I'm still here,
5: okay? Yeah, yeah. I want to hit all you. Turn your car speakers up so everybody on the street can hear me, <laughs> <laughs> like, no matter how you think you are you fall in one of these categories if you're poor make sure everybody can hear me grace if you're poor you are only thinking about the next one to seven days that's it that's it you're going i don't know how i'm gonna survive next week or if i just need to pay this bill i'll even i'll even i'll even hook you up you're thinking one to seven days. Tops. I give you two weeks. One to two weeks. I just gotta pay this bill. In fact, let me be nice. I give you one to one month. Man, a car note. If you've if you've said this month, man, I gotta pay the car notes on the 12th. You are poor. I don't care how much money you make, the way you have set your money up, if you went who rent's doing the first we got to make sure i cut back you are poor the difference between poor is they can only see the future a month out that's all the resources can do and i'm being nice by pushing you a month out if you're middle class that's three months out that's why you save for vacation come on help me somebody oh that hurt and i know it hurt that's why i said put me on speaker You're definitely being nice. I'm being real nice. Middle class can only see three months to seven months out with what they have working with them. Poor is one day to one month. Middle class is three months to seven months. But I'll be nice. I'm going to say three months to two years. This is, this is so accurate, y'all. This is not coming. This is not in the book. None of this is in the book. So if you're saying, all right, well, I'm going to run out. If at this rate, I'll run out my savings in two years, you are middle class. If something doesn't change, or if you're saying, as soon as my daughter graduate, in two years, I will, any of this kind of talk, you're middle class. The wealthy is thinking seven years and beyond. Did did y'all hear this? Seven years and beyond. So if your financial plan has you thinking about 2030, good job. Because everything I'm doing is for 2030, good job. You've heard me say this over and over again. You've, heard, I've even taught y'all. Hey, you, I, I told y'all like last year, you're screwed. It's okay. you totally screwed. What you're going to do is you're going to prep for the next economic correction in 2030. That's why I, I, y'all heard me say this to you. So that's not meant to be offensive. What it is meant to show you that no matter how well you think of yourself, whatever that may be, okay? Don't think about how you think about money. If you're scared to check, how many of y'all I got my hand up first because I've been there and I, it was hidden, it was messing with my law of attraction. You hear me? As soon as you went to the ATM, you was like, don't show me my balance. Don't, don't, don't damn it. I said no balance. It didn't print it out, but it showed you on the screen. Come on, help me out, somebody. Who knows what I'm talking about? Then, you know, it's just me scared to see my balance. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Renee. The rest of them, they saved. They saved.
6: You should look business. at it. You should just do stuff. <laughs> the thing out. you know, the thing you know, something, Antonio. The mm-hmm. in, the interesting thing
1: is is sometimes I'm getting to a point where, because um, I got paid today and I made sure I was like cool. I was like, all right, Renee, make sure you do your your um, your betterment and everything. And now I've gotten into the mode of that. And now I'm like, I'm like, hey, okay, okay,
4: nah. all right.
1: I'm I'm actually. I'm excited when I get when I get paid because I know what I'm putting it in and I know what I am um, investing in and everything that we're doing. So I'm like, okay. right?
5: No, so you so, right. so, so I'm
1: excited
2: about. No, you
5: should be. You should be. And I, I'm not. You should be. And I'm looking at Thomas Cummings. Y'all both in the same category, right? It's a middle class category. He's just on. So if you're in middle class two, he's he's doing middle class two thousand, right? He's a little bit. You know what can I buy and flip right now? That's middle class two thousand. And this is this is made illustrative purposes. Middle class got three thousand levels, right? So he's almost at level three thousand to get out the middle class. You're just starting off. That's great, as long as you receive everything you said was one to three months out. You feel me? Like you, you get it? Because we're not talking about your self esteem. We're not talking about your god or your self worth. We're talking about how your money lets you look at time. We don't get to run from that. Your money will let you look at time a certain way. Go ahead, Chena. Uh, Deanna, you gotta come back, I got five minutes left.
6: So would preparing to jump into the next bull market in 2024 be considered like long-term thinking or?
5: The smart thing. Because
6: that next bull market should last for like six years, so.
5: Right, but so we got a couple of things here. The next bull market preparing for, you don't wait till 2024, you start buying everything low right now. Okay. And the Fed is making this easier for you because every time they raise interest rates is every single time your money make more money. The only people complain about interest rates being raised is consumers. Producers, we clapping thank god for it and if you the, the interest rates are getting raised and you owe like stocks and bonds like old ones oh man you just you like you like you know what's the cartoon do you use a swimming as gold uh i forget the name oh, Ducktails or something i forgot you to swim in this grill swimming as gold you're just having a really good time right you have a really good time you you buy low sell high and right now everything's low right now you can buy a gym going out of business for ten thousand dollars don't even be in the gym business and just wait a little bit and then somebody is going to buy all that equipment you're going to buy a million dollars worth of gym equipment for ten thousand dollars and somebody's going to buy all that for fifty thousand dollars you just made a fifty percent return on investment five hundred percent excuse me it's return on investment that's incredible you know what i'm saying so right now this is the time you buy low sell high very good question okay yeah very good question the 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 the, the, and even thomas was was anticipating or was answering in the chat too he said yes but you want to make sure that you stay ahead of the game by buying low center hop so let me end with this i got three minutes left i got to go to a a session and then i'll wrap up with more detailed real estate i wanted to use let's see jerome frida all right let's use Frida. i want to use Frida. well it may fit you too jerome I'm on a fixed income. Come on, help me. Is that I'm on a fixed income, Antonio? How the hell I get the eighty thousand dollars to What I gotta do? I'm a fixed income. All I ain't right. got no job. Okay, I'm on a fixed income and I'm over fifty-five. So everything you said sounds good, but I ain't got time to be waiting like these young folk. I used but to fixed income. Okay, you used to be able to fix income. I fixed it. Oh, that's how you do it. You fixed it. You You fixed this fixed income. (laughs) Never heard that before, right? So if you're on a fixed income, then what you're going to do, if you're on a fixed income and you're 55, what you're going to do is you're going to, well, there's infinite possibilities and ways to do this, okay? I'm going to give you one that works with two minutes of me left to talk. You're going to hit your wagon to a wagon going somewhere real good. And what you're going to do is you're going to get equity or get a position so close to the top that you create yourself a golden parachute through service and mentorship. Hence, you know, Phil, Susan, etc. You get what I'm saying? Like that's that's what you do there if you're on a fixed income. You hit your wagon to the wagon going somewhere. Reason you do that is because you're definitely needed. Your money is needed or your fixed income is needed or your mentorship is needed, whatever that may be. But it speeds up your time. You can either wait 20 years, Jerome, or just another two months. Now in your case, Jerome, you good, don't worry about it. You already be in Texas. If it wasn't just for some circumstances, you wouldn't even control. You say you know what I'm saying? You're good. You, you, you're good. But I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to address that. So that's it for me, y'all. I've got to jump on with a doctor. Tomorrow, today's Thursday. So we'll see you tonight at 6:30. Tomorrow we will end the meeting at what time, Dan? Tomorrow at the schedule.
1: Tomorrow at 8.45.
5: All right, eight forty-five because we have a, a we have a trying to buy those seventy programmers, and by then I'll have enough numbers for you all to work out to see if you want to hit your wagon to that wagon. Okay, all right, so I'm done. Thank you all so much. It was good to see you, and keep me in prayer. And okay, I'm let me I'm gonna remind me to text Thomas his numbers in my phone in a, in an hour. Okay. I'm right. to answer my prayer. You came on this morning. Well, amen. I appreciate you. <laughs> all right, y'all.
1: All right, everyone. Hold oh, on, let me send this to Antonio. All right. I'm not going, what we'll do um, tomorrow morning. Let me ask you all. Do you want me to take thirty minutes to break down the biggest mistakes landlords make so you know what to look for once you purchase the property? Do you want me to do that now or do you want me to do that tomorrow morning? Because I, I know everyone has a schedule, everyone has meetings, so you guys tell me what you want me to do. I can take the next thirty minutes to break that down, or I can do it first thing in the morning. I like now. Yep. Now let's go, Deanna. All right. I got three good. nows, four now's. All right. Well, let's break it down. Okay. The biggest mistakes landlords make that kill profit. And there's 10 total that I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna go ahead and copy and paste them in chat now so you will have them up front. Oh, Grace said tomorrow. I got you, Grace. You go ahead, uh, and do what you need to do, Grace, because I know you got a lot going on, um, and we'll go ahead I'm
6: and... Sorry. I'm sorry, Deanna. I, I just got here, and, um, uh, I wanted to say y'all do it tomorrow, too, because whatever y'all been talking about, I'm sure it's been great, but, uh, I just, I was, I'm sorry, I was in the hospital, and I just got here, but, um, the spirit was on me just to tell everybody, stop speaking what you see. Speak past what you see. So whether it's the landlord thing or whatever, God is just on me now. And I just realized I got my little headphones that I don't know how to use, but I don't plug, plug them in. Look, yo, I got my, let me thing. I'm having a good day. I'm in, I'm in the hospital getting my treatment. But I got my headphones on. So I said, oh, let me see if this works. And it worked. So it worked. I don't want to come in here and mess your class up. But if y'all can do it tomorrow, y'all should do it tomorrow. That way, y'all can go ahead and do what you need to do. Get going on how you need to do it. But remember, stop saying what you see. The kids is bad. They're getting bad. They're running them up. The reason why they are running them up the way that they are is because we keep talking about it. Y'all know that when our parents did, when we did something, the last thing they did was keep talking about what we did. All we are doing is giving power to something that can be stopped. And I think that y'all are the people that are going to stop all the madness that's happening in the world. Whether it's owning buildings that's going to get the people into where they need to get, Or it's developing your programs and your micro businesses and doing whatever it is that you need to do, but whatever it is that you need to do. You're here, you've been here since nine, eight o'clock, whatever. Like I said, I'm I'm getting my treatment. And y'all know treatment day is like a treatment day for me. So I was just happy that y'all are still on, but if y'all got an opportunity to get off and go get started and start something tomorrow morning, that is going to be a list of 10 things that she's already posted in the chat. I'm thinking, ah. well, Deanna, if you want to keep teaching, but I was with Grace right then. So I just want to, I, <laughs> look, I wanted to put it in the atmosphere for the people that like to say, keep going, keep going. Come on, we've been on this thing and y'all is on this thing. So I'm sorry. You know, I love y'all. I just wanted to tell y'all these
1: things better I'm in the the field, (laughs) it's good to see you this morning, Miss Agent. It's good to see you. What I'll do is I'll send you the replay so you can hear what was talked about. I made a note of it. I know I need to send Tyrell the replay. Who else do I need to send the replay to from today? Okay, Renee. Well, I be- need
6: someone to please send me the note because I'm on my phone and I can't see what's going on. Okay, gotcha. Thank, uh, thank you. Also, Pinky, can you um, email me the um, the meditation from Saturday? All right. Saturday. Saturday. Hi, Adrian.
7: Looking good, girl.
6: And so far. Listen, I. And you know, I've been sick now, so, you know. We got to come
5: up there to see you soon.
7: Either you come up
6: or I come down, one of the two. I'm trying to get life together. Look, I'm trying to get life together. God is working it. But right now, these kids are are very, very important. And I'm listening to the adults that are in charge, and all they're doing, they're just making it worse. Wow. Our Our children attacked SWAT yesterday. So we had SWAT vehicles sitting on a street. And oh yeah, I saw that on the news. The kids decided to attack the SWAT vehicles. So when they do that, now we are looking at it in a different aspect. And we have to gain our power back by saying, like a little kid, that ain't what we do, that's not how we do it. Let's show the example, be the example and do what we need to do for our children. Because I mean, we can talk that we blew in the face. I'm like Antonio now with the, with the clean glass of water and the dirty glass of water. You can talk all the things that you want to talk about with that dirty glass of water, but there is no need to say anything about a dirty glass of water if it is sitting next to a cleaner. Because people will make the choice to drink, the clean, and that's what we need to understand. These kids can still make choices. Right now, we are giving them too much power to just run them up, and they are running amok.
4: Yeah. I just... I, everywhere.
6: Well, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in Pennsylvania, but to hear um, the stories, I don't, I don't know if everyone is out here, but we are losing like 13 year olds, 14 year olds, like they're coming out of football games, shooting, you know, shooting up football games. Like, you think your kids are safe at the football game, you know? They're shooting up 80, 80 shots, 90 rounds. Like, it's like TV. It's like the wild, wild west. And and it's, un- it's unfortunate because we actually did this to our children. Like, we've been watching this stuff on TV. This is entertainment for us. We enjoy this kind of stuff. And now our kids are growing up and they're doing it. And they're like, well, why would you say something? You turn the show on every week. Like you run to go see this TV show, but it's crazy. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come in and, you know, but I'm glad all y'all got your copies and done whatever it is that y'all need to do. And I like these little headphones, they actually work. Y'all are really in my ears. And the people can't hear me, but I'm probably loud. I don't, <laughs>
4: I'm
6: old. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know that about it. So I'm probably loud. You know how people be like, they be screaming. You're like, Why the hell is this person still so out? But they got the music so like tell you music there. So I have to learn how to do this. <laughs> but I just bless God for life. And y'all keep doing what y'all doing because you know y'all are my family. I knew y'all was on here. I'm so glad that y'all were still on here. But go ahead, Deanna. I'm sorry.
1: No, you don't need to apologize. We and we thank you. It's always good to see you, Miss Adrian. It's always good to see you. Always good to see you. So what I'll do is, um, since majority of you want us to keep going, I will definitely keep going and send out the notes to everyone. So I'm going to go over these 10 when it comes to the biggest mistakes landlords make that kill your profit. And again, I'm going over this. Yes, if you have to go, please, please go. I'm going over this because yeah, you got the property. But what do I do after I get the property to make sure even if you have a management firm, you can still make sure that they implement this. So that way, you know, okay, I know this is implemented. So I know what's going to I know, I know what's going to work, you know. So the first thing, the first thing you want to make sure when you uh is is the biggest mistake that you make is not properly crunching your numbers. That's why we keep going over and over on the different numbers to crunch because if you don't properly punch, punch, punch. (laughs) if you don't properly crunch your numbers, then you can go into a deal that will hurt you. So every every formula that we've taught you from the 1% to the 2% to the 50% rule to um, your cap rate to the 2% rule, whatever, how to run the actual numbers, The what we went over when you make sure you wanna go through all of those. So that way, you know, okay, I did, the, I did the right numbers. I know what it is. Okay, I did this great. Okay, I got the cap rate. I did all this. Okay, now let me put all my numbers together. Let me make sure I got it right. Okay, all the numbers are great. Let's go for it. So the first mistake. So the first mistake is not crunching the numbers properly. Not crunching the numbers properly. Properly, excuse me. The second mistake that you uh, you want to make sure you don't want to make is choosing a bad rental location. You don't want to buy a property in a location that jeopardizes your investment. And give you the greatest example of all times. I was working for uh, a district manager and she moved to a different she moved to a, a different property management company that they uh they purchase they purchase properties and they go in and renovate them and then they sell them. Well, they just so happened to have made a bad investment, in my opinion, because of the location of the property. If you are from the Houston area, there are places in the north of Houston that you do not purchase. The This particular place was off of Tidwell and Parker. I really, you know what that location is. Monica probably knows as well. I'm gonna put it to you this way we went on this property first off it flooded this is after really bad flood in houston so in one of the buildings the entire bottom floor had mold that was i'm five three the mold on the wall stopped at my shoulder and not only that like we had to go in and inspect these apartments so not only that um I'd never seen burgundy mold in my life. I saw purple mold, black mold, green mold, and burgundy mold. So first off, huge. Mold is gold, but if the location is off, mold is fool's gold, okay? Let me tell you. Then, this property is known for its high crime rate. Not only that, I am walking somebody to show them an apartment and there is a shootout right next door at the corner store. This is not a prime location to purchase apartments, uh, an apartment property, okay? That is a bad location that I can get. And I actually believe the company went bankrupt because they purchased multiple properties in multiple wrong areas. Now, If you have a government contract to go in and fix up an apartment for government purposes, then okay, that's that's that may work for you. But choosing a bad rental location will definitely kill your profit. I was while I was there, we had maybe five apartments I was ready to lease. I was only able to lease one of them because not only that. I'm gonna I'm a skip a couple of um, skipping the tenant screening because I. that's number five. Because I did not skip tenant screening, I could only rent to one person. That's out of 10 applications that I had to work with. So five vacancies, 10 applications, only one qualified. That'll kill your profit too. So you wanna make sure that the location that you're choosing for your rental property is in a good location. Uh, like the example I always use, a location that is walking distance from a medical district, walking distance from a college or a few miles from a college, locations like that. Locations where the the average income is like $100,000 annually. You know, I'm just putting numbers out there. Uh, walking distance from a school district places like that are the places you want to look into. Number 3. The number 3 mistake landlords make that kill their profit is taking too long to what they call turn over a unit. If someone moves out, you have exactly 7 days to turn over that unit. Anytime after that you're losing profit. Remember when we first talked talked about doing your budget because you want to see your your uh, what's coming out of your monthly expenses and one of those things were uh, lights and water for vacant units. Well, after that first, the first week you good, because you're looking at a minimum. But if you carry that over too long, that becomes a monthly expense coming out of your pocket, and you're losing money. That's why before you do, that's why you have a lot of apartment complexes that contract with contractors with carpet cleaners with carpet with replacement companies because if you have more than one property you can go to this company and say hey you have the best pricing of everything we want to contract with you for these 10 properties that we own and what they'll do is they'll already have the carpet on file that you need or in stock and inventory Uh, when it comes to the people who come in to do your painting they'll they'll already know what kind of paint you have so the process will be easier and you'll have a set rate that they'll give you so you know to do this apartment to turn over this apartment is going to cost me four thousand dollars
6: because that is so great OMG
1: oh yes it's it's wonderful when you can I used to be able to pick up the phone and say hey Raul I have three units they're ready for paint when can you guys come? And they'll say, we can be there. Um, They'll ask me, how long has it been vacant? I said, and actually you do this before they move out because you'll have a move out date. And you say, hey, Raul, I have three apartments, uh, vacancies coming up on this day. We'll be in there on this day. Can you have your people come in on Tuesday to do the painting for, for these three apartments? They'll be like, good, we'll be there. And then they'll ask you what size unit it is because paint varies the the what you'll have to pay will vary depending on the size of that unit so if it's a one two or three bedroom uh if i tell raul i have one 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 two one three okay so i know it's going to be 469 for this one 579 for that one and 689 for the three bedroom so i already know my pricing and because it's already been pre-approved because i'm contracted with these people it's already in my budget because i put it in my budget i know i got the money they know I have the money so all I have to all they have to do is come in do the work invoice me and I pay the invoice you do the same thing for the people that replace your your cabinets and sometimes the painters will also do the cabinets depending on what what they do your carpet and that's to replace the carpet and then you want to also have someone who can come in and shampoo your carpet if you don't have a carpet shampooer that maintenance can do and you save money when you purchase a, a carpet machine carpet machine
7: you can do the same thing sometimes with appliance and appliance repair
1: yes thank you they'll they'll have standby
7: units for you
1: yes they will yes they will and then you have housekeeping sometimes the same people who do your painting also have house housekeeping too and they all and you can call hey raul and then you can tell them i have paint on this day and sometimes the same people that paint can do carpet shampoo and do and do your um the cleaning of the unit for you too hey I have three units let's schedule i have the and you always do your carpet after your paint and have your maintenance go back in and do touch up because you don't want the painters to put paint on your brand new carpet if you're getting replaced or even if you just get it clean you don't want that so what you do is hey I have three apartments one one bedroom one two bedroom one three bedroom let's do painting on tuesday carpet cleaning on wednesday housekeeping on thursday that gives you time to go in and and do your after 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 thing inspection and move them in on and you move in your new resident on monday
4: where's your
7: inspection day sir where's your inspection day after work is done, you're going to want to inspect that and maybe call for possible upgrades on electrical or plumbing, Right, Not things that were overlooked?
1: Well, the first inspection you do is when they move out, so you know what you need to do. And the last inspection is once the cleaning is done, so you can go in and say, okay, all this needs to be done. Depending on the type of property that you have, you right. have, like if you have a... If you have a HUD property or a tax credit property, your fire marshal has to come in and inspect it before you and approve it before you can move anybody in. Yeah. So, if you have those type of properties, and you have to call, you have to call your in, your in the your fire marshal to inspect ahead of time. And that also needs to be in your budget as well, because you can't have the apartment finished on Thursday and call the fire inspector, the fire marshal on Thursday and say, "Hey, uh, we're ready for our inspection," and expect them to come in that day or Friday. No, they have no. a busy schedule, <laughs> so you have, and have all every property you need to have inspected.
7: Coordination of the schedule is very important.
1: Exactly. So don't just have don't have your fire marshal come in just to inspect one. If you have 3 units, all 3 units should be ready for your fire marshal to inspect on that day. Don't have them coming back and forth, and they will appreciate you for that. And you also have to make sure it's in your budget. So taking too long to turn over a unit will definitely kill your profit the next thing that will help that will the next biggest mistake landlords make that will kill profit is ignoring maintenance issues oh let me tell y'all something let me tell y'all if a resident calls you and says hey my faucet is leaking you need to have that work order put in and have your maintenance go check that immediately because the more it leaks, the more it creates a problem from you. It goes to replacing, it goes from replacing the little screen on the tip of the faucet or tightening, a, tightening uh, something, a, a pipe or something underneath the sink to now you have, because you decided to wait the, and the leak was coming from a clog, the clog got worse, now busted the pipe and now you have two units flooded out.
7: I've got, a prime, I've got a prime example right here in this house that we purchased. The house sat for two years. No maintenance was ever sent in. The valves uh, went from leaky o rings to complete valve replacements. So a $100 repair job turned into a, I think I spent $6,000 on this house replacing the faucets. Because nobody right. took nobody took care of the house while it was empty.
1: There you go, one hundred to six thousand. Talk about killing profit. Talk about killing profit. One hundred to six
7: thousand. Actually, comes- I got lucky on this house. I I bought it at the right price. I bought it at seventy. Put twenty into it, and we have an offer on the table this morning for three hundred uh, and forty-two thousand.
1: Come on, Mister Thomas.
7: I'm I'm making, I'm making I'm making a few dollars.
1: But <laughs> just a few, just a few. <laughs> I can
7: still afford my coffee.
1: Th- there you go. The coffee's important. Trust me, I got mine right over here. <laughs> but ignoring in, ignoring maintenance issues to do that, just like if somebody if somebody reports to you, "Hey, my air conditioner is not cooling." Don't just have your maintenance go and check the Freon. No. I have learned the hard way because I was in the office, so I just trusted maintenance to do whatever maintenance needed to do on every single apartment complex that I've ever been on. I trusted maintenance. I now know better. Trust me, it's okay to, if you get a good maintenance person, you won't have this issue. If you get someone that takes pride in what they do, you won't have this issue, but if someone says, "Hey, my air conditioner isn't cooling," okay, great. You have your maintenance not only check the freon, but you also have them check the coils. Make sure the coils are together. Check the wiring. Make sure the wiring is, is okay. They check check all of the connections. Check the compressor. Make sure everything is flowing. Don't have them just go check the freon, refill the freon, and go about their business. Because what what will cost what will cost you a, a can of freon? which you can use for multiple units, it'll go from just your maintenance taking their time to you having to pay to replace an entire air conditioning unit, especially if it's an older unit. Maintenance also includes infestations of bugs. Let me tell you something. If you have a resident complaining that there are roaches in their apartment or there are mice or they have bats. We need you to handle that immediately. Don't just have your maintenance, go check and put down roach bait and no, no, no. Roaches follow the wet walls, which means the kitchen and the bathroom and the washroom. Cause there's piping going to the washroom. The reason being is If the unit on the bottom floor is complaining, there's a huge possibility that the unit on the top floor who's never complained a day in their life has an infestation and did not want to say anything because they didn't want anybody in their apartment because they are not good housekeepers. Or the unit next to them. And the unit above. So when one complains, what you do is because you are not allowed to go into any apartment complex once a lease is uh, an apartment, once a lease is signed without the resident's permission. So what you do is you contact that resident and you let them know, due to this, we are asking permission to be allowed in your apartment to inspect for this on this day. You have to give them at least a 24 hour notice because if one person is complaining, that whole building may have an issue. and You want to make sure that it's just that one person, that it's just that that it's just one of those issues where, hey, they may have moved from somewhere else where someone else had an issue or they got rid of some stuff and some stuff kind of creeped in. You never know what the situation is. So you have that. That I'm considering that a maintenance issue because if you don't keep up maintenance on that issue, it can get out of hand. I've had to deal with it. I actually had a resident, a neighbor I lived underneath, and I started having roach issues. And I'm like, wait a minute, because I clean with bleach and pine saw every week. It was my it was my Saturday r- ritual to bleach my entire house, and while I was washing and doing everything else and cooking. And when that person moved out, I had to go up there to inspect the unit. And I walked in and my maintenance lady said, hey, make sure you have something covering your hair. And I was like, what are you talking about? Only to walk in and see roaches crawling all over the wall. That is the creepiest thing. Ooh, just the thought of it. I'm so sorry. That, that it, it does something to... make sure you include that in your maintenance. Okay, <laughs> include that in your maintenance. Trust me. So that's number four, that the biggest mistake landlords make is ignoring maintenance issues. Step five is skipping your tenant screening. This is important because if you don't screen your tenant, you don't know if they have any broken leases anywhere else. You won't know why they have a broken lease anywhere else and you won't know their background. If you don't properly screen your tenant, you can kill your profit because if someone else finds out more about that tenant than you know and that person moves out and you never know why and then you start having other people moving out that's a problem i um had i was working under a, pr- a property manager who screened a tenant and moved them in before the screening came back only to find out that that tenant was a felon and was not approved to live in a government assisted complex But she moved him in and let him stay and pay rent. And she allotted those funds to something else. But now she can't lease that apartment because she has no reason to tell him to move out. Because she put him in. And now it's, it's a liability to her because if she tells him, hey, you have to move and he has nowhere to go and he doesn't move, now he can call corporate and say, hey, or he can file a, a lawsuit and say, this person let me move in. And then after I would moved in, I have nowhere else to go. They're trying to put me out. So now I'm not, I'm not leaving. Go ahead, Mr. Thomas.
7: When you're screening somebody and sometimes their record might come back, oh, was, this looks really good. Uh, or they have no record, and your favorite question should be why. Mm,
1: that's a good one.
7: Because some you know, you don't want to be the first one in a train of bad leases. There you go. They start somewhere, and you don't want them to start with you.
1: Exactly. This Campbell. Birthday
6: is
2: twelve.
1: Very much so. Thank you very much, Mr. Thomas. So make sure you properly screen your tenants, and there are uh, there are um, programs that you can use to do that. I mentioned one last; it's like Logic something. That's one that you can use. There are um, apartment management software that you can use that includes Core Logic. Core Logic is one. There's also property management software that you can use that you can run them through because if they have three broken leases back to back, you want to know why. And you and another way of screening your residents is also sending, um, I forgot what they call them, but it's a form that you can send to the previous landlords to see if they would rent to that rent to that person again. If that person has ever been late, if that person still owes money, and then any additional issues that they've had. If an, if, if an apartment complex said, I will never lease to this person again, then you need to really sit back and be like, okay. And you can ask them uh, what happened at this apartment complex because they said they'll never lease to you again. And my management said that that's a, big, that's a red flag. So we need, or you can double their deposit or something like that because of what comes back. Also credit. If they have any evictions or broken leases on their credit, that comes up. Their credit score, now it's to a point where certain apartment complexes will not allow you to move in if your credit score is at a certain amount. So when you properly screen someone, you miss out on killing your profit. But if you don't properly screen someone, you can kill your profit because now, if what if they move in two months? Now you have to go through the process of Turning that unit over all over again, spending money that you wouldn't have had to spend for another three, for another six months, six to twelve months, because you had it allotted for this one, now you're losing more profit. Number six, the number six biggest mistake landlords make is that kill their profit is not paying enough attention to the security deposit. Again, if you have someone that is questionable. You can let them know, hey, management or the computer system with how it you have a setup is requiring you to pay uh, a double deposit based on this. You, now you have where people are uh, residents are forced to pay a deposit based on their credit report. That's how apartment complexes are now covering their tails. Your credit report says this and because your credit report is here, the system is uh, state the system is stating that you now have to pay double rent. so if it's 150 you have to pay 300 If it's 250 you have to pay 500. If it's 300, you have to pay 600. This helps cover you because what that deposit does is it helps cover some of the stuff that take that you you're going to have to pay for for that unit when they move out and the proper storage of that deposit once it's paid. Me personally, I would say for have, have a system, a financial system to where all your deposits go into one account. Don't put your deposits in your operating account. Put your deposits in a separate account because if somebody moves and they were the perfect tenant, you wanna make sure that you're able to give them back their deposit without it hurting your monthly income.
7: What about friends and family? Say it again. What about friends and family?
1: What do you mean? Break that question down for me.
7: Uh, If you're buying an apartment complex, one thing that I've learned the hard way, you don't want to rent to friends and family because they're the first ones to say, I can't pay this month's rent. You let me fly, right? Nope. No. Do
1: Not. Rent to friends and family. Don't business, do it to yourself.
7: Business is business and family is family and exactly. don't mix them up.
1: Exactly. Do not do that. Don't do that. If you have an apartment complex that you own and your and your family's like, man, I really need somewhere to stay. Can you help me out? Uh, can you pay rent? Perfect example. I knew I knew a family member who was renting out a home to her kid the one that she carried for not for 10 months the one that she birthed went through that whole process the one that she raised was renting from her and he couldn't pay rent and she told me she said I had a conversation with said baby I love you but this is business and if you can't pay you got to go when she told me that I looked at her in such admiration I'm like that's what I'm talking about you about your business
7: <laughs> that is one of the toughest things to do
1: right and it was you could see on her it was hard for her to do because that was her first that like that was her first born boy like she had a girl uh an uh, older girl but that was her first born boy and girl women, y'all know how you all about your sons and that hurt her but she understood this is this pays my bills. Thank you. Don't start, no more be none. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I got a big bold rainbow color right now. Ah. I got it. There you go so that's and so that's number six not paying enough attention to the security deposit and then number five let's go back to number five skipping tenant screening tenant screening is oh you my cousin you can't do this that's tenant screening okay oh you my best friend no we can't do that either that's tenant screening number seven keeping sloppy documentation and paperwork look let me tell you something don't do that to yourself Do not do that to yourself because if you need to move somebody out, if you need to evict somebody, that documentation and paperwork is extremely important. That's also important when it comes to your employees. Your employees can kill your profit if you don't keep proper documentation and paperwork. So you make sure you have a system in place. That's If you ever go into an apartment complex, they have a file just for you with your lease copies of any money orders or checks that you gave for deposits if they have to evict you if they have to write you up all of that is in that file if they don't have that you have a possibility of staying there rent free let me tell you something I actually got caught up in that because somebody in the office was stealing and because as a resident I kept my documentation and my paperwork all together. My my, I stayed in an apartment complex where the lights and the water were included. When when they told, and I didn't get, you're supposed to get a notification stating when something will happen because of uh, of rent. I never got a notification. Why? Because I paid my rent and I kept documentation of, I made when I dropped off my rent, I said, can you please make a copy of my money order? Thank you very much. And I picked up and I took the paper back with me. And I I, I had them sign it stating, and that's one of the things that I used to do. When someone came in and paid rent, I made a copy of whatever they paid, check or money order, and I signed it because I know me. And I knew not everybody did that. So let me help you keep your documentation because I know I'm keeping mine. That saved me because I was able to go back and trace who cashed my money order and it was not the office. It was an employee in the office, but it was not the office. They told me, okay, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have everything turned back on within 24 hours. No, you will not. It is not my fault. Y'all had issues therefore i need my water and my lights back on before i leave this apartment complex because i'm sitting in a hot apartment with no water so i can't use the restroom i can't do nothing i can't cook i can't eat i can't do nothing so i need you to handle this plus i had a dog in my apartment complex and no one would take him i had a siberian husky I'm not gonna leave my baby in the dark with no with no electricity and no water. He needs to eat and he needs to stay cool. This is Texas and he's a husky. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you to get that worked out. Thank you very much. Documentation is extremely important, especially for the office. If you need to evict in if you need to evict someone or you have residents complaining about other residents, or you've had or you've had you've had to keep a log of what's going on in their apartment as far as the maintenance goes because you realize you keep going the, you documentation not only the office but maintenance new uh new equipment coming in old equipment going out what was replaced when you did this when you did this uh turnover what in this unit did you replace what did you have to charge the resident for because they destroyed some stuff before they left the property all of this you need to keep that taken care of or it will kill your profit the next thing that will kill your property Your profit is not conducting a move in and move out inspection. It will hurt you because somebody can battle you for their deposit if you didn't do a move in and had them check it. And what I did was um, when 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 someone moved in, I walked to the unit with them. I let them fill out the paperwork, but I walked to the unit with them so I can put my eyes on what they're putting their eyes on on top of the inspection that I did of the apartment before they moved in. Then when they move out, I walk the property, I walk the apartment with them and say, "Okay, look, I have to charge you for this." And I point it out. I have to charge you for this and I point that out. Because if you don't do that properly, you you can someone can move in and say, "Hey, I'm moving out because of this." I'm moving out because of that. Or if you say, hey, I have to charge you, if you send them that, that, I, that itinerary, because what apartment complexes do is when you move out and you don't walk it with them, they charge something to you that goes on your credit as a, a hit on your credit because you now owe an apartment complex money that does hit your credit. You want to make sure you do a proper move in and move out because you don't want your the tenants coming back to you stating this and stating that, or you have to do another turnover because you didn't do a proper move in inspection. Number nine, investing in upgrades that don't add value. Don't put, don't change the color of the paint and think that that adds value and upgrades your unit. It does not. Changing the color will not do that. But if you change your upgrades to energy efficient products, that's an upgrade that adds value. So think about that when it comes to the adding of the value. And then number 10, and one that I used to suffer with is being the good guy. When I say being the good guy, that means when someone, when a resident, you have to remember your apartment complex are not emotional buys. Do not buy an apartment complex out of emotion. You only make investments from a business standpoint. standpoint. It is business and business only. You will have residents that will come to you and give you sob stories because they can't pay their rent. And if you let it pass, what you do to one, you have to do to all. That is law. If you let one resident pass because their paycheck was short, if you have another resident come in and you let them pass because their paycheck is short and you don't give them a break, your residents talk to each other. That's a lawsuit. You can't be the good guy and make money when it comes to investments.
7: My car broke down. Can you give me a break this month? I'm I'm so sorry, Mr. I'll get you Thomas. next month.
1: I'm so sorry, Mr. Thomas, I can't that's, do that.
7: That's my favorite. I'll, I'll, I'll get you the balance next month. And it, it won't work.
1: <laughs> but you know what, Mr. Thomas, I'm so sorry. I can only give you until the third or the fifth depending on how you decide you want to collect your rent. Because after the third or the fifth, the first day is one hundred dollars for your late fee, and ten days after, and ten dollars each day after that, up until the fifteenth. So it's two hundred and fifty dollars worth of late fees that they have to pay on top of their rent. Business is business. Business is business.
6: Okay, I'm write do that down too. That's that's right behind.
7: No, no don't rent family. to your
1: family or your friends. Right. <laughs> I got it.
7: Oh, making <laughs> a friends. Uh, we have a birthday girl online today.
1: Oh, whose birthday is it?
7: Melissa. Happy birthday.
1: Melissa! Happy birthday! Thanks. She snuck that Happy right birthday! On it Thank
0: you. It must cat be wonderful cat. to be 21 girl. I remember the days.
7: <laughs> I don't let the cat out of the bag. <laughs>
6: For my birthday, I'm doing a lot of traveling here. You know, I had that thing for Barat, and now I'm going down to North Carolina. So you see
1: where my birthday is being spent. Oh, well, look at that. She is on the roll. We got a lot of family in the uh, Carolinas, too, out there. Uh, Dolores is out there. Um, The Linsoms are out there. Who else? It's a lot. Um, uh huh. I'll be I'll, I'll be seeing both of them and Sandra. I don't know who go. else gonna be seeing from the family. So it's a lot of family out there in the Carolinas.
7: If she was a little bit closer, she'd be seeing me.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday, Melissa! And that's a wonder. And that's actually a wonderful way to end the call today, too. Because those are all the ten. I'll put them in chat for you again. And I will send out this replay to everyone the biggest mistakes landlords to make that kill profit because not only do you want to know how to get the apartment complex and the numbers, but you want to know what to do after you get the, the complex so you can keep your profit. I thank everybody for joining us today for the daily morning meeting. I thank you for being with me this the, the 45 minutes after as well. Everyone, have an amazing day. For those of you who are part of the leadership class, we will see you at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. For that, you can plant better. You can dominate. Love you all. Can I interrupt and
6: just love you? Um,
1: yes, go ahead, Ms. Andrew.
6: Um, One of the things I wanted to say was I'm not in Greensboro. I have children that are in Greensboro. I'm in Virginia. I'm in Hampton. However, um, I'm definitely going to be at the event this weekend that Dolores is having. It's going to be my first membership. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm excited about that.
1: And I wanted to sing happy birthday. Can Thank I you, Miss Sandra. Please do.
6: <clears throat> me, 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 me. <clears throat> Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to
0: you, happy birthday, my little child. happy birthday to
6: you. And thank Yay. you for all. Happy
1: birthday, Melissa. Thank you, Mr. Thomas, for letting us know. Thank you, Miss Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Look, now that I know you got the vocals too, just know you will be called on. You'll be called on. Yes. Happy birthday, Melissa. And thank you, Miss Sandra. Thank Thank you you to my thank you for my to my ATF family. Well, uh, Melissa you be safe traveling we pray that you get to your location safely and, and securely thank you Ms. Sandra for singing thank you Mr. Thomas for letting us know because Melissa was show just about to slip on out of here without a happy birthday I
7: was you going to let her do that thank
1: you thank you uh, thank you Uncle Jerome for your wonderful prayer this morning thank you very much it was much needed like, like Tyrell said everyone be careful safe we will see you all uh, those who are part of the leadership class we see that we will see you this evening at 6 30 you can't plan you can dominate One, have a great one love you all
4: love you more love you more say goodbye